Today, we're in our second week of the series we started last week called Red Letters. And Red Letters is where um, we are diving into the red words and letters in the Bible throughout the scripture um, through the entire summer. Most of the Bible is written in black and white. In some Bibles, I don't know if it's in yours, but in some Bibles, there, there's red words and, and there's words written in red. Those red words are the words of Jesus. They're the words that came out of Jesus' mouth. And that's what we're looking at this summer. And um, I kind of decided to spend last week and this week um, challenging you guys a bit and pushing you guys a bit in your faith. Um, and that's what we're going to do today. So I have a confession to make to start, though. Um, I have a confession that I want to let you guys know about. And it's this. It's I watch American Idol. You guys are probably waiting for something big or something, right? <laughs> No, I, I, watch, I watch American Idol, and I started watching American Idol with my family, then it turned into me just watching it, and I watched it so much that I, I, knew, I felt like I knew the judges, I knew everything, everything about it, and I'd start critiquing the singers. Who does that? Critique the singers when you don't know how to sing? Yeah, that's me right there. So I'd critique the singer, I'm like, man, she sounded terrible, or ah, she sounded awful. Don't worship team, I'm not doing that for you guys, I swear. But no, but that's, that's, what, I was, that's what I do, right? But here's, here, is, here is my confession. It's not that I watch American Idol, but my confession is that I don't know anything about singing. I don't know squat about singing, yet I still critique other people when they sing. I still critique others, and, but there's going to be a point where I am going to be shown up and I'm going to have to sing karaoke or something, and people, if you know me pretty well, you know I can't sing. And so I'll embarrass myself and everyone around me. Uh, last week, Debriana, our worship leader, she uh, texted Jeff and I at about 7 a.m. on Sunday, and she was like, hey, Hayden, Jeff, I don't know if I'm going to make it in today because I've been just sick all night. I don't know what it is, but I've been sick all night, and so I don't know if I'm going to make it in. So I looked at Jeff, and I'm like, Jeff, this is it. This is my shot. I was like, Jeff, if you looked, I was like, look, Jeff, if you had one shot, just one opportunity to seize everything you've ever wanted. One moment. Would you capture it? Or just let it slip? I was going to start rapping Eminem really quick. I, just, I held back there. All right. Um, I just quoted Eminem in a sermon. Uh, so, but Jeff looked at me. This is what Jeff did. Jeff looks at me and is like, you know, with that Jeff look on his face, like, uh, what are you doing? He looked at me and like, Hayden, people are starting to come to church now. We don't want to mess that up. Like, why would we want to do that? People actually, we're starting to grow a little bit, Hayden. Let's not do that, right? But the reason why this is an issue, the reason why this is an issue and why I bring it up is that I don't really know what it means to be a singer. But since I spent so much time watching American Idol, I feel like I can talk about it. I feel like I can have a conversation about what it means to sing. I, I, I can critique others when they sing because I spent so much time around it. And my assumption is that there's so, you guys have something in your life that's like that. You have something in your life where you're pretending to be something you aren't. That's what I'm getting at now. You guys might be pretending to be something that you aren't. Go ahead and raise your hand if you need a Bible. Can we get leader to get that passed out? Keep your hand up if you need one. Flip your Bibles open to Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 is what we're going to read through. And this is my fear, you guys. This is why I introed that. My fear is that you guys are pretending to be something you aren't. My fear is that you're pretending to be Christian when you might not be. 
That's my fear. My fear is that you're pretending to be a Christian when you might not be. I told you I feel like I'm supposed to challenge you guys today, so I'm going to do that a little bit. And the scripture we're going to read, I'm going to be honest with you. The scripture we're going to read, I've looked it up, I've researched it. Not a lot of pastors like to preach on this is because it's it kind of, it, once you read it, at first glance, the first time you read it, it feels like you should be in fear. You should be fearful when you read it. And so not a lot of people speak on it. But what I'm going to do today is I think when you dive a little bit deeper into the text and see what it actually says and means, that we will find the grace of God in it. It's really God's grace and God's love shown through this scripture. Once you're not, you, you can't just read it at first glance. Let me be honest, when I read it, I'm like, I don't want to speak on that. Like, that sounds miserable, right? But when you look into it, I, God's love is right there and it's evident in it. So let's pray right now, you guys, before we get started. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, we come before you right now thanking you for the sunshine. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for sun. Thank you for waking us up today. God, thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. Jesus, I pray you're speaking through me. God, Holy Spirit, speak through me. God, allow your word to pierce the hearts of many people in us, in here, Jesus. And Jesus, convict us. Convict us, Jesus of where we are following you, what we are doing wrong, Jesus, so we can be on the right path, God. We want to follow you. And Jesus, we want to see your name glorified in our lives. And God, thank you for not allowing LeBron James to win another NBA championship. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. We all say, amen. amen. LeBron fans, LeBron fans, raise your hand. LeBron fans. Yeah, I don't. I don't like you guys anymore. I really don't like you. Okay, let's get your attention. Everyone, nudge your neighbor. Shh. All right, you guys, I heard a pastor, uh, when he was preparing for a sermon, a pastor was preparing for a sermon, and it, the sermon he was preparing uh, was for Easter. And for many of you around the church culture and church world, Easter is like the Super Bowl of church, right? People show up for some reason on Easter. They'll show up for Easter, but they won't go any other times, right? So this pastor and many pastors on Easter Sunday, they feel a lot of pressure and stress to prepare for this sermon because they feel like they need to say the right things at the right time to the right people, right? We need to attract people into the church. That's what we think, right? But so this pastor was like, well, I just decided to look at what Jesus said when large crowds gathered. What did Jesus say when he was around large crowds and what he found was shocking to him. And what I saw was, is very shocking. You see, we, we as a church, we try to say that, oh, come, come next week, we'll have cinnamon rolls. Or, hey, we got donuts in the back. They're real good. Like, or, or what, we got an Easter egg hunt coming up next year, right? It's going to be great. Show up, right? We try to attract people to us, but Jesus didn't do that. Jesus actually did the exact opposite. Jesus was blunt. He was straightforward. He didn't really care. He just said it how it was. And that's why I want to focus in on these red letters and words this in summer, because I think we'll realize that Jesus is straightforward to us, right? Sometimes we grow up in church, and the church culture we create is the church culture we create in America. It's not necessarily Jesus. So I want to focus in on Jesus and what he says, right? So that's what we're going to do today. Um, Francis Chan once said this. He's a pastor. He said it's on the board. You want to write it down. Here is what I am, concern, I am most concerned about. 
I am deeply concerned that even though you are sitting in church building today, that some of you one day will not go to heaven. And by the time you figure it out, it will be too late. That's what Francis Chan says. Don't even take a step back at that, right? Holy cow, right? But what I want to say right now is I understand that many of you are, um, I'm going to fall off this right now. I understand that many of you guys are struggling. You're, you're suffering, right? Maybe, you, maybe your parents are about to get divorced. Maybe you are, just got through a breakup. Maybe you uh, aren't doing well in sports or in your extracurricular activities. Maybe you didn't get that scholarship you're looking for. Maybe you didn't get into that church you want to get into. Maybe you're struggling financially at home. Maybe there's all these things going on in your life, and you guys, don't get me wrong right now, I care about those things. I deeply care about those things. But what I'm going to say right now is that I care so much more about eternity. I care so much more about your relationship with Jesus than anything else. Because that has eternity, that has eternal implications, right? You see, there's a demonstration I have for you guys right now. Here, imagine this right here. Imagine that this rope goes on forever. It ends right there, but imagine it goes on forever, please. Uh, And imagine that this is a timeline of your existence. This is a timeline right here of your existence. You exist forever. You exist forever. And now picture this blue part right here. This blue part is your time here on earth. It's It's what you're doing right now. You're sitting here. You're existing. It's this part right here. Right? But this is a short time, right? And then you're going to spend eternity somewhere else. What I don't get is why our culture and me, myself, first 21 years of my life, we focus only on this. We only look at this. We think that, hey, I'm going to save, save, save. I'm going to work, 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 work. Save, 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 save. So right here I can travel. Right here I can go out. I can explore the world, right? I'm going to do all these things right here. And then, you know, retirement. I'm going to have a great life. And we don't foc- we only focus on this. We don't even think about this. You guys with me? Right? We don't focus on this at all. But what like what about all this? And and the Bible says that what you do here dictates where you spend here. And this doesn't end. This doesn't end at all. And so what I'm saying is that yes, I care. I deeply care. Don't get me wrong. I struggle all that I'm going th- I go through things just like you do. I care about these things. I care more about this. That makes sense? All right. So Matthew 7, verse right, up, right above what we just... Actually, no, I'm going to read. Sorry. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 is what we're going to read right now. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Um, it says this. Jesus is talking here. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then Jesus says, I will tell them plainly, I never, what, knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. So that's what Jesus says there, and that, that scripture right there, we're going to focus on that. But I want to look up two paragraphs above that, Matthew seven thirteen and 14. Jesus is talking here as well. He says this, He's talking here about two roads, two roads in this scripture that lead to two different places. Jesus says this, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So 
I heard a story once of a guy that was traveling from uh, Cincinnati to Louisville. He went on a trip to Cincinnati, and he was heading back home to Louisville, where he's from. And the road uh, from Cincinnati to Louisville is an hour. It's just an hour. It's a straight shot. Um, it's, the road is I-71 that you take to get there. And the guy was on the road for an hour, so he thought he was thinking to himself that he should probably be getting close to home, right? Because he's been on the road for an hour. He probably should be getting close. And right when he thought that, he saw a sign that said, Welcome to Lexington. He was headed home as Louisville. It said, Welcome to Lexington. You see, what he missed was that on the, ro- on the road from Cincinnati to Louisville, on I-71, there's a little split in the road early on. And it turns into I-75. And you can eat, a lot of people make this mistake is where you are trying to be on I-71 but accidentally get on I-75 and it takes you to Lexington. And that's exactly what this guy did. But the thing is that is interesting is that this guy never knew that he was on the wrong road. He was on this, wrong, he was on this road thinking it was I-71 going to Louisville when the whole time he was on I-75 going to Lexington, right? I'm sure there were signs and things like that that should have got his attention saying, hey, I'm on the wrong road, but he, never, he was oblivious to it. He was probably just cruising, listening to music, tuning everything out, thinking he was on the right road. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about, hey, you're either on one road or the other. Everyone in here right now is on a road. You're either on a road, Jesus says, I'm I'm speaking from Jesus, isn't it me? Jesus says you're either on a road that leads to destruction or you're on a road that leads to life, right? You're on on one or two roads. It's just one of the roads. And so what I want to do today and what we're going to do for the rest of this time is slow down. We're going to hit the brakes. We need to pull our cars over to the side and see what road we are on. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to show up in Lexington when I'm headed for Louisville. Amen? All right, so that's what we're going to do today. So Matthew 7, 21 through 23. I read it already. I want to read it again. It says this. Not everyone who says to me, Jesus says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out many demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, Jesus says, I never, what, knew you away from me, you evildoers. So we're going to assess what road we are on today. That's all we're doing. What road are you on? That's all I care about. I just want you guys to assess that for yourself. It's an individual thing. It's not a group thing. It's an individual thing. And honestly, if we were trying to attract so many people, we could preach a different message. But I don't care. I'm, this, this, is, this church is going to be about the truth. This is going to be about Jesus, Right? And so we're going to preach exactly what it says. And so we're going to ask, I'm going to ask you three questions. Just three questions to assess what road you're on. And so the first question, write this down. Does your life reflect what you say you believe? Write it down. Does your life reflect what you say you believe? We kind of already talked about this last week. Verse 21 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So we live at a time where we become comfortable separating what we believe in and how we live, right? We've, we've kind of decided to do that. But last week we talked about, right, how we, yes, we are saved by God's grace and faith in Jesus. Yes, we are. We definitely are only saved by that. But 
biblical belief. Write it down if you weren't here last week. Biblical belief is more than something we confess with our mouths. It's something we confess with our lives. It's got to be something our lives confess as well. That's what biblical belief shows. You see all the time in Scripture where people say, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus says, hey, sell everything and follow me. And they say no. Right? So it's not just what you say, but it's, it's what you do as well. Imagine a family goes on a missions trip or something. Family of five. They're three kids, two parents. They go on a missions trip uh, to Africa for a couple months. And so they decide to hire a young couple to um, house it and watch over their cat. And when they do that, they decide to um, write a 10 to 12 page detailed letter to the young couple explaining um, what all the details of what they need to do. They need to they need to feed the cat at this amount at this certain time, telling them where the cat food's at. They explain what plants to water, how much a week to water them. They, they describe where, when to take out the garbage, when to get the mail, right? They describe that downstairs, there's a toilet downstairs in the basement that sometimes overflows, and they tell them where the valve is to shut off the water, right? They, they explain all these things. And the young couple is like, yeah, we got this. We're gonna, we'll do it. Yeah, I, we read it. We got it. And now picture this family goes on the mission trip. They come back, and they walk into their home. The first thing they see is their plants are dead. They, they walk in the garage. The, the garbage is piled up. And then they, they go. They look outside. The mailbox is full. They never got the mail. They look downstairs. The toilet's still overflowing. The basement's flooded. They walk outside, and they see a little burial site where the cat is buried because they never fed the cat. Right? And, but then this young couple comes to the family, and they greet him like, Hey, thank you so much for writing this 10 to 12 page uh, detailed instructions. We highlighted it every night. We memorized it. Every morning we wake up and just memorize one of those sentences and just remember it throughout the entire day, right? But what would those, that family say to them, right? Well, did, they, they said they would do that. And they said, yes, I'm, I'm committed to doing that, but did their lives show it, right? So that's my first question to you. Does your life reflect what you say you believe? Second question, where are we at? What road are you on? Do you think you're on the right road because of what you've done? You see, just as it's dangerous as assuming that what we say alone gets us on the right road, it's just as dangerous to believe that what we do alone gets us on the right road. Right In verse 22, it says this. It says, uh, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons. And in your name, perform many miracles. I don't know about you, but I'm not performing many miracles. I'm not driving out too many demons. And I'm not doing any of that, really. Right? I might show up to church every once in a while. Right? So, so, but what this is saying is that it doesn't matter. Their confidence is in their righteous acts and their good deeds. But Jesus doesn't care. Right? Jesus doesn't care. One red flag, honestly, for you guys should be, hey, if I ask you, if I come up to you personally and I say, hey, are you a follower of Jesus? And the first thing that goes into your mind is, yes, I go to church. That should be a red flag for you. That should be a red flag because write this down. No matter how much good you do, no matter what you accomplish for the kingdom of God, that's not what makes you a true follower of Jesus. It's not. So that's the second question I have for you is do you think you're on the right road because of what you've done? Third question. This is the final question and the most important question. 
And you note takers are going to be a little bit mad at me for doing this, but I'm going to make you right now, I'm going to force you to cross out the first two questions. Cross them out. Put a big X through the first two questions right now. Cross them out. Because the answer to this third question will dictate the answer to the first two. Are you with me? The answer to this last question will dictate the the answers to the first two. So this one is the one that matters. This is all that matters. This is all that Jesus is saying in this scripture here. And it's this. Write it down. Does Jesus know me and do I know him? Does Jesus know me and do I know him? So ultimately, the question that will identify yourself as a follower of Jesus is that. Does Jesus know me and do I know him? Jesus doesn't care. It's not just what you say and it's not just what you do. It's what Jesus says. Do you know me? Do I have an intimate relationship with you? And that's where I'm getting at. At first glance, this text, it seems scary. But it's really not when you read it because it's just the grace of God. It's God's love for us. It's God's love for his children. He just wants a relationship with us. That's all he desires. Verse 23, this is where I'm getting this. Then I will tell you plainly, Jesus says, I never knew you. I never knew you. That's all he cares about. He just wants to know us. That's all he cares. Write it down. Jesus identifies his true followers based upon an intimate relationship with him. What we say and what we do will overflow out of that relationship we have with him. Does that make sense? If we have a relationship with him, what we do and what we say will overflow from that. Right? I'm going to go and invite up Livia to jump on the keys really quick um, as I begin to close. But imagine right now, you guys, that you're, you're a marriage counselor. So imagine you're a marriage counselor and you right now in front of you sitting, there's a, a wife and a husband. They've been married for 20 years. Married for 20 years. They're headed towards divorce at this pace. They're arguing quite often. They're looking to get, they're in a split up. And so it's on you right now in front of you, the wife and a husband to reconcile them. That's what your job is. They live in this house right there. They live in that house. And the, the wife says to the husband, why are you, why, why aren't you there for me? Where are you? You're so emotionally unavailable to me. And the husband right in front of you says, what are you talking about? I bought you this house. I bought you an SUV two weeks ago that you didn't ask for. I've never once cheated on you. I never once flirted with you, with another with another woman. I, I never once looked at another woman that way. I, I coach our son's soccer team. What else do you want from me? Is what the husband says. And and now in my mind, I'd be like, shoot, sounds like a good husband to me, right? And then in that house, he's doing all that for her. But this is what the wife says. The wife is crying and looks up. And this is all happening in front of you. The wife looks up and says this. She says, I don't even know you. I don't even know you. And so, thanks, Gabe. I don't even know you. And so, um, this is what I'm getting at, you guys. Imagine that you get to the end of your life. Imagine that you get to the end of your life. And you say, Jesus, I did this for you. And I, I said this about you. And... Jesus looks up and says, but I never knew you, right? I never knew you. And that's all that Jesus wants. So that's what we are assessing today. That's all I care about today is what road are you on? Jesus takes us from works and turns it back to our heart like he always does. He, we say, hey, I've done this and that and the other thing. And Jesus says, I don't really care. Do I know you? Do I have a personal relationship with you? 
Write this down. No man is saved by works. We are saved by the work of Jesus Christ in us. We are saved by the work of Jesus Christ in us. So that's my question, you guys. Are you known? Does Jesus know you and do you know him? We're, on, we're headed towards a road right now. We're headed on a road. You're going somewhere, right? This blue, we're on this blue right here. We're on this blue patch. And we're going somewhere. We're going to spend eternity somewhere, as Jesus says. Where are you headed? What road are you on? That's the biggest question we can ask ourselves. So.